riddle me this. The less of them you have, the more one is worth. times uh, Batman has been remade or reboot or whatnot. There's been a lot of them. Yeah, there has been a lot of them. And my problem with the Batman or Batman in general, I guess lately is they seem to go for a darker tone, the dark Knight, the Frank Miller for vision and whatever comics come out after that. I only know Frank Miller's work, mm-hmm. but at what point do we, kind of go can we scale it back yeah it's become a cliche get some of the action back and some of the gadgets and some of the winks at the audience now at the end of the day i said this about the joker on the podcast we did and to me the joker is a horrible film great acting i will never take away from the acting but all it is is a copy and paste remake we talked about this i believe before of the king of comedy and Taxi Driver. It is literally a scene-by-scene scene remake. I agree with you, but I still thought it was brilliant. That's uh, fine. Yeah. That's fine. But yeah. my concern with the Batman is... I had to watch this a couple times. And this three hours, guys. Now, I had to watch it a couple times. A, because is the length needed to be this long? And is it really pretty much David Fincher's greatest hits? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Like you say about, you know, Batman being, you know, they always go for this darker, edgier tone, or certainly in modern times they have. I think they got their fingers burnt so much with um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which were ridiculously bad and had this whole campiness, you know, this silliness going on. Um, I, I prefer Batman with a more darker, grittier edge. However, I agree that it's become a cliche now. Um, I, th- I think the problem with superhero films in general, and you know, it's there's just too much of it. it do, you, do you remember back whenever we were sort of younger and growing up, and if there was a new superhero film coming out, it would be like every few years or whatever, and it would be a massive event, or even a new Star Wars film. Now we're just flooded with everything, and it becomes a bit sort of, you just sort of shrug your shoulders, oh, another reboot, another reimagining, oh, yeah, another version, you know, so what? We are bombarded with all these remakes and all that, There, and it then becomes, they lose their power and their effect, and although I think this new um, Batman film, The Batman, is fantastic uh, and brilliant, there, there's, there was just, you know, it's like the whole superhero genre in, in, in general has been done to death. It's every week. There's a blockbuster every week. It's, and, and it's just like, what the fuck? And it's even on TV, you know? Well, it's, well, it takes away from the small films that we used to watch growing up, even in the 90s, um, uh, like The Rock 
yes. speed. And I'm bringing these up because we're going to talk about ambulance in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. And they get lost because people are piling to go see the Batman or they're going to see Spider. Don't get me wrong. Marvel and DC do great stuff. I'm not. This is nothing to do with their movies. And as much as I appreciate these films, I get angry at them at the same time because I feel good other films are getting getting lost in the shuffle. Yes. What did you think of Martin Scorsese's statement about um, superhero Marvel films being um, nothing but you know foreground, basically you know the sort of they're basically foreground rides. They're not cinema. He's not wrong. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they're I in agree. the park, right? I agree. Of course they are, but they're a lot. But to, to defend the the Marvel and the DCs, they're a lot smarter than put it. You know, a, a, a roller coaster ride. You know, they yeah. they have a little more depth than I think Scorsese was trying. To, and it takes a lot. Uh, we I think it's harder to act in front of a tennis ball and pretend you're about to be attacked by fucking Thanos. Yes, with nothing to go by. Green screen. Yeah, I think that's it's tough to do that, and they've given us great great cast of actors, and the, the visual effects are incredible, mm-hmm. and so I would never take away uh, from from those films. What I was trying to say though was I had to watch this a couple of times. A, is it worth the three hours? Do you need the whole three hours? And I brought up the Joker and how it copy and pastes Scorsese. It's funny Scorsese makes that comment about Marvel and superhero films. And yet they steal right from him. I mean, if I was Scorsese, I would have sued the guys who did the Joker. Fincher, um, I, so I wanted to watch this because I, I first I didn't want it. I didn't want not, not to like it because I didn't want it. I didn't want it to have the Joker. I didn't want it to be. Oh God, these guys are just ripping off. And I'll tell you right now, you guys go watch Seven. You go watch the game. Mm-hmm. You go watch um, Zodiac. Yeah, all three of those films are massively in this film. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, and I. So my concern was, do I like this film because I can't give Joker a pass because mm-hmm. the Joker is a blatant ripoff, and so. But everything's I, inspired by something. Yeah, we had that conversation last week when you uh, uh, went off on me, as you always do. Trevor's <laughs> always attacking me. No, <laughs> other way about more like. <laughs> so those are the two reasons why I had to watch this again. Um, so let's just dive into it. Let's start off by the director, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, I'm not a fan of. He did Cloverfield, and then he did the Planet of the Apes films, which I did not like. But he is the first director, well, one of them, to actually do a remake of a foreign film that's actually better than the foreign film. And that's... Like unprecedented, you never heard. You never hear mm-hmm. that ever happen. He did a remake of "Let the Right One In," and it's called "Let Me In." Yes, his yes, version. It. Yep, it's so good. That is a great film. So it was nice to see Matt Reeves get you know coming on board. I still think it was directed by David Fincher. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously heavily influenced. Uh, I mean, I think they even admit it. Um, apparently, it's also inspired by. You know the music of Nirvana. I mean, that's obvious. Nirvana is that's, music, yeah, that's the whole the whole thing. Yeah, yeah um, and other sorts of things. But I, I must admit, I I um, certainly no expert in the on the Batman comics. I would just like to make that clear. However, um, from what I know of the Batman comics, Batman was originally a detective. Uh, you know, there, there were more detective stories. You know, well, that's why Batman wasn't called Batman. It was called Detective Comics. Yes. 
Um, so I loved how this is. Um, I ret- I returned to that. Well, this is a, a, an actual detective story. It's not. It's not so much a superhero story. It's a very grounded, more sort of police procedural detective story, and I really like that. It is actually an origin story of how Bruce Wayne learns how to handle being Batman. Yes. He doesn't actually become Batman to the end. He's yes, and I need to catch the, that ending scene is to me the best shot in the film. Yes. And it's a simple shot. We'll get to it. But Robert Patterson, Zoe Kravitz, the great Jeffrey White, mm-hmm. Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, underrated actor. Brilliant actor. John Turturro and Andy Serkis. This casting can't get any better. It, it, the, the cast are absolutely superb throughout. I'm shocked at what what I really liked about it too was the relationship between Wayne and Alfred. Yes. Because in the beginning, uh, Wayne is quite a douchebag mm-hmm. to Andy Circus. Like, you're not my father. You know, those kind of comments. Yeah. And Alfred almost looked, they both look like lost souls in this. Oh, they you know, yeah. He, he's not the. Alfred's not the, 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 the he's not Michael Goff. as Michael Caine or Go was yeah. when they were doing their roles as, as him. It was a lot darker take, and they're sad characters. Mm-hmm. and even Traumatized uh, characters. Yes. And they also, even he makes a comment, Alfred, you got to stop spending like this or you're going to destroy the dynasty. Mm-hmm. And I was, the, the, whole, the whole mannerisms of, of Patterson... God, does he sell as a damaged human being. He's pretty you, really f- you feel for this character. Yeah. I actually think he was a Canadian lumberjack in the in his past <laughs> life. And, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anybody see that piece of shit lighthouse? And then he get killed a, a seagull very violently and everything cuts <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, but even the equipment he uses, there's a really fun shot where... My favorite, okay, I, I always talk about arcs, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite arc is his relationship with the police precincts, the, the cops. Yes. And there's a great scene where he goes, he he pretty much gets his ass kicked and he's in, he's in, he's inside the police precinct and they start kind of picking on him and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he says, fuck you all. And he runs up the uh, top of the, uh, the yes, building yes. Yeah. and he jumps. First of all, that jump scene is brilliant because you see it from his feet. And yeah. then you see it from his from his from in front of him. Then you see it from POV, and you can see him struggling trying to learn how to use this thing. I, yeah, uh, it's like it's like a bat wing. Yes, but I love I, I love how you know talking about the character. Um, I love how he is obviously so deranged, um, but you know demented almost. You know um, Bruce Wayne, you know stroke vengeance, stroke Batman. Um, even though he doesn't become Batman till the end, uh, I just—I mean, this is this is a a sort of this guy's a nut job. So he well, is. You get that. Not even necessary from how quiet he is and how he treats Alfred. He's reckless. You know, how you, you know you're not even that. You know how you get it? Mm-hmm. There's a scene, even when he looks at the poor kid, who's when the mayor gets it, and he's going and he's investigating the crime scene when the mayor gets killed, right? Yeah. And everyone's, what the fuck's Batman? What's he doing here? The freak? Yeah. And Batman just turns and looks at him, mm-hmm. and he just sees his eyes. He's just I guarantee you, when he did a screen test... He put that mask on with the, the eyes. It's creepy as hell yeah. how he stares at people. I mean, this guy, you know, he's, he's a nut job. He's full of anger and you know what I mean? You know, he, he, you know, 
he's basically totally unstable. Uh, there's yeah, he he does that quite a few times, and at the end, that's where he kind of goes full circle. He kind of changes that tone a bit. Yes, you can see it in the eyes on the motorcycle. It's a brilliant character arc, and. What I was talking about with the cops, the cops always always picking on him every time he shows up. Mm-hmm. What's he doing here, fucking freak? It's Halloween. This is your favorite day. Yeah, um, it actually sorry. I think you were talking about Fincher, but I think there's another big influence on um, to this film is The Crow. Yeah, yeah, it's got a crow. Very Alex Poyas, Poyas, mm-hmm. who did Dark City, which also has yes. a little feel to it. But I, the whole what I liked about it again is the cops, and then each scene. As these people are being killed one by one, and he shows up, and it, and then you find out the commissioner he gets it, yeah, um, because he's involved um, in this money laundering or not money laundering, but this the scam of renewals, yes. And the police tone completely changes when he walks into a room. Now he's like, "Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't be here. You know, there, there's more common respect, common ground." Yeah. Do you notice that? As each scene, as oh, each yeah. crime scene he goes to, he starts getting the respect of the police force. Yeah. And and there's another great scene because during this whole film, the police will look like scumbags. Because mm-hmm. you're really only introduced to them when they're beating the shot up Batman. Yeah. Or, or, or they're actually fucking corrupt ones who are yeah. like, in with the you know gangsters. Yeah, exactly. Falcone and stuff. There, there's a really nice scene, though, when they finally get Falcone mm-hmm. near the end there. And he and he goes, I'll be out in an hour. I own the police. And yeah. he opens the doors. And all the good cops are there. All the good cops yeah. are surrounded to take him in. Not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. That, to me, was another great arc. But, with, but yeah. With, but, the, with the police. Up until then, the only um, good cop was Jim Gordon, Jeffrey Wright. Well, no, I, I disagree with that. I, th- I just think there's two sets of cops here. You yeah. have the... The crooked ones, obviously, that deserve what they get. Mm-hmm. But then they had the ones who who are the fucking who just don't accept a vigilante yet. Yes. Um, there is a, a scene where we first introduce Batman, which is nice. You have these like purge esque characters. They're in. They're, it's Halloween time, yes. so they're in the white. Like the warriors who come out mm-hmm. to play, and they're gonna beat up this guy, and you just hear the footsteps. Mm-hmm. And it's coming down, and they're just looking down this dark alleyway, dark hallway, yes. and you know it's Batman, mm-hmm. uh, which reminded me again of the scene of a glorious bastard with the baseball bat. Yeah, and I love, I also loved um, Batman's outfit revealing this. You know, he's just wearing regular boots and stuff. Yeah, besides you know? his chest, is the thing he's really protected with. And the great yeah. thing about this, this Batman, is he takes hits. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he, he, you see him; it doesn't feel good. But it's he's reckless. Like he's, yeah, yeah, he's sloppy because when he takes off the gear, he's completely bruised and swollen every shot. Even with the bomb scene, he, he's completely reckless, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it shows his rookie side. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I didn't understand was, however, they keep calling him a vigilante, and a vigilante doesn't necessarily mean you're killing somebody. Yes, you're just it's eye for an eye kind of thing, or just punishing somebody. Still you're taking the law into your own hands. Yeah, so he doesn't this whole entire film kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And he and he stops. Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz from doing it. Yes, Catwoman technically. With the cop that she's going to kill. Yeah, which he deserved it. Dirty cop. Yeah. And I just don't know why. If he, they should have done something where he did kill some people, and where he then flips it because now he's not as insane at the end of the film. He's not as. 
he stops her from doing it because he's been doing it. Going, we need this. Kid, you can't become cross that line. Yeah, don't cross that line. Look, that he make, does say it. He does say something similar. Whenever she's going to kill the, the dirty cop, he says, "You cross that line. You know, you're just as bad as them." Or words to that effect. You know yeah, what I mean? But they should have done back. That. That's what I'm saying. It makes more sense if he's actually done it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He's a. He doesn't kill anybody. He won't. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but, but would have added a lot more dramatic weight to the character and his journey. You know, yes, exactly. Uh, I also like at first. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for the Riddler at first here because I thought he was just an insane guy, yeah. but he was killing pieces of shit, so yeah. I didn't care. He was trying to expose the truth, type thing about the corruption. And he act the Riddler actually did not know. Is this correct? He did not know that Thomas Wayne was innocent. Um. I think he believed that Thomas Wayne was just as guilty okay. as the rest of them, you know, the likes of Falcone and yes. all the rest of them. He believed, yeah. Although it is later then explained that um, Th- Thomas Wayne just wanted this journalist guy who was going to do an expose on him and Martha about Martha's mental health problems, that um, that he just wanted Falcone to scare the guy away. But Falcone... Then killed him because he knew if he killed this journalist guy, he would own Thomas Wayne. So yeah, okay. it, it's it's not completely explained, but it appears that the Riddler just um, assumed that um, Thomas Wayne was up to his neck in corruption, just like the rest of the politicians and the police and all of the you know, basically all of the the big hitters in Gotham, you know, were all so, corrupt. So when he goes to visit the Riddler in prison. Mm-hmm. And he and Arkham Asylum, yeah. The Rid- the Riddler starts, you know, you and I are a team kind of thing, and, yes. and pretty much Batman tells him to fuck off, yeah. And then he goes nuts the Riddler because you know, uh-huh. and then he says, "You got a big surprise coming for you." For all what the Riddler was trying to do at this at this part, you kind of got what he was trying to do. Yes. All right. That, 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 that's brilliant writing, actually, because it's actually a villain where that, that has actual. He's not just some insane madman. Yes, he, he actually that's, that's has my, reasons. That's my point. That's my point. Mm-hmm. You you had me up to then, and then you find out he's going to slaughter everyone in in Gotham City yeah. by flooding them. That's when he went overboard. So do you know what I mean? That that kind of disjointed what he would the whole purpose of what this villain was trying to do i think they were just basically that that sounds like the studio says yeah well this is all pretty good but we need a big finale you know and so that was almost you know that sort of had to make a big sort of special effects laden finale you know with the flood and stuff um so possibly that's what happened um or maybe it was just to say well actually this guy while he may have you know, sort of reasons that you can be empathetic with because he was wanting to expose the corruption. Um, he was actually a fucking nutcase as well. Okay. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't in the writer's room, obviously, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What about... I watched this. We talked about this. Uh, we usually don't talk about the podcast we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, we're recording. Yes. Well, we did discuss, and I've turned the table on this one, about why, like Bane, we talked about Bane doing this too. Yes. Why cast an A-lister in a film where you're, you know, can't fucking see him, including Colin Farrell as Oz or the Penguin and Bane, Tom Hardy. I tell and you then what. I watched this again and I don't think anyone could really pull off smarmy mm-hmm. than cowardice 
like Colin Farrell did. All their layers and layers of makeup. It's it's basically like John Hurt and the Elephant Man. You to, to have that shows that the quality of of actor Colin Farrell is, and you know, you know John Hurt and the Elephant Man because on their layers and layers of makeup, they still pull off an an amazing performance and at such a memorable performance, and they 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 have such a presence as well. That well, that's I, quality fucking acting. Well, we kind of discuss this when we talk Shape of the Water. Yes, and I think you know where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. where Aquaman guy. Yes. Um. Stole the show, and he doesn't say anything, but it's just his movements. His and he's presence, all, yeah. His presence. And that's played by the great, um, oh my God, Brain Freeze. I, yeah, I have Brain Freeze as well. I know who you're oh talking. my God. He's, I, he's in Star I'm Trek, he, he, and he's in all those Galermo. He, he does films. Pan's Labyrinth, anything beneath. But he, he, you put him in makeup, and he steals the show. Mm-hmm. So watching Colin Farrell again, but when you do watch it a couple times, you can see it's Colin Farrell. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the, obviously, with the eyes and stuff, and you know, you know. But I think if I if I had walked into a cinema not knowing that it was Colin Farrell, I wouldn't have. I'd have maybe thought to myself, he looks a wee bit familiar, but I would never have um, thought it was Colin Farrell. You know. Yeah. If you did, if you didn't tell me, yes. If I didn't know it was Colin Farrell, I wouldn't have guessed. Same thing with Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. In X. Yes. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Um, brilliant makeup and um, brilliant absolutely I, I actually thought Colin Farrell maybe just maybe just stole the show he is I'm looking brilliant Women has it they're going to do a, a TV show with him yes I heard that Dano, so, Dano was brilliant as well no they were they were all good yeah, um, yeah. I like the introduction of the, of the Joker yes wait so rumor has it the Joker is also in the memorial scene I couldn't find him I, yes he is yeah do you know Where? when it, um, he, he basically goes to stand up and goes to walk over to, I think it's Batman or one of the police or something. He's no lines. And I, I could be wrong, but I, I because whenever I watched it again, um, I, I did, you know, sort of look out for that. Um, I, I'm almost certain that that is him. Who he's, You think he's an extra who gets up to walk over to Batman? I think it's Batman. Oh, no, he's putting his hand in the in his jacket. And the guys like swarm him. No, that's not him. No, no, not, not him. It's a different extra. It's just before that, that, that scene. I know who you're okay, talking about. Let's talk of now. We're talking about the scene where um, uh, uh, Colson gets his head blown off. Yes. Okay. So before that, and around the scene you're talking about, he's, he's uh, Bruce Wayne's walking down the aisle. Yeah. And this guy starts talking to him. Mm-hmm. They deserve all they get. Mm-hmm. And and as Bruce Wayne slowly walks past him, he's staring at this no name person. Yes. And this person just slowly backs away into the crowd fading into black mm-hmm. is that somebody of significance uh, i think we'll find out in a later film it has to be why would you focus on this character yeah yeah so I, I, I don't recognize the actor no no i think that will be uh, followed up in a later film but yes it, it just feels a bit too random for, for you know yeah 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 for him to just vanish and disappear i almost thought maybe it was Robert patterson's the- Imagination. No, no, he'll end up being the Scarecrow or something in a future film. Or it could be some conscious. Don't know. Like these guys deserve what they get. Uh His vigilante side. No, no, because it was the only scene that would, would, there would have been more scenes of his like subconscious talking to him. Uh, I suppose, I suppose. You know? Which actually would have been pretty cool. I should have directed this. (laughs) Now let's talk about the badass in the room. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. 
The 700 horsepower Ford Mustang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The chase scene between him and the, the, the Oz. Uh, I keep saying Oz now. Yeah. Oz is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, for a film that's not about this, really, mm-hmm. but we needed to put action in it. It's pretty, especially when it's done through a one-way. Well, way. it's practical, you know what I mean? It's it's not like some of these, like, say, Marvel films where it's just a, a, a CGI shit fest. This is actually a proper, a proper car chase, old-school car, car chase, and it's really exciting. Yeah, it's pretty neat, and I like. Uh, well, there's some see, there's, there's a bit of CGI in there. Well, why, why? Well, I mean, there's CGI in pretty much everything these days. I mean, I mean, this film was filmed in Liverpool. You'd never know it, um, you know, because obviously there's CGI backgrounds and stuff put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like when he when he thinks he's gotten away. Oz and the yes. Batman comes flying through the fire. Yeah, and. Oz ends up crashing his car, and he's upside down. Yeah. And I like the fact you see Batman getting out of his car and walking toward him upside yeah. down. Yes. Because you're seeing from the point of, point view, of view of, of yeah. the Oz. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. And the interrogation scene was pretty funny. Yeah. This kind of showed the softer side, I guess you can say, of Oz, where he's not really, he's not as bad as everyone thinks he is. Yeah. Whenever they, yeah, it's actually quite funny, you know, like you know, like a funny character, um, but um, you know, witty character, and then but what I what I thought was really cool, whenever they leave him there handcuffed, yeah, um, he he goes to walk away and he waddles away because he's handcuffed like a penguin. Well, he he always has that limp. Yeah, he always no, but has even that limp. more so because he's cuffed. Yeah, and then <laughs> exactly like a penguin when when Alfred when Alfred when um Gordon and Batman are interrogating him. Mm-hmm. Penguin goes, what, the, what is this shit? Good cop, bad shit cop? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good line. And then it, it's actually um, the Penguin that cracks, you know, the, the riddle, um, you know, to yes. do with the Spanish. So it is. It's it like, is la instead of. Yes, L. Yeah. L. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's, um, you know, Jim Gordon realizes uh, and the sort of realizes he's right. And then he's, he's like saying something like, you, you dumb fucks. He goes, you shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, here, so there's this program mm-hmm. or this uh, called Renewal. Yes. And it's founded by Thomas Wayne. And the yes. story is Thomas Wayne is going to donate $1 billion mm-hmm. and then For orphans and stuff. For orphanage and for other Whatever's going to happen within Gotham, yeah, uh, to help the poor, the needy, so forth. Yes, humanitarian type. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Long story short, the men who are being killed, uh, Martin Coulson, Falcone, yes, uh, are part of the people who pretty much killed Wayne to steal the money. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Um, well, yeah, they they wanted to sort of uh, Falcone wanted to own Wayne, and that would mean he would have his or. You know, in this renewal scheme, and the, the, basically, um, the renewal scheme was just a front. The world skimming it, you know, and that's what it was all about. Thomas Wayne wasn't. I think he was genuine, but he was basically tricked by Falcone. Um, you know, why? Well, yeah, w- yeah. Well, it was his own fault. He, as Alfred says, he was a good man, but he, um, he had a moment of weakness. Um, so yeah, but basically, it, it was just pure corruption. There were um, all. It wasn't not just the gangsters either, like you know Falcone and stuff. It was also, um, you know, the dirty cops, the dirty politicians. It just, yeah, I think it was basically Thomas Wayne started it up with very good intentions, 
but um, it, it, just that underbelly of crime um, and stuff just it, it just basically spread throughout it. With let's talk about Alfred in that scene. He tells the, the story. He can he, he kind of lets Bruce Wayne know that yeah. your father wasn't a criminal. This is what actually happened. Yes, but he was supposed. To, so when the when the Oz gives them the clue, they figure out, oh God, there's a bomb going to my house, mm-hmm. to Wayne Towers, and Alfred's going to open it up. Can I just say as well? I love the reference in this scene to the '60s campy series, the phone, the bat phone. Uh, when, oh, the one next when next to when she picks it up. When yes, when Bruce Wayne's trying to phone to get Alfred, she picks. She had the maid picks up. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. The housekeeper. It's uh, that that phone, that old style phone. Um, landline phone is a is total reference to the bat phone in um, the sixties camp campy series. Yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when she, when she picks up the red phone, he goes, "Get out of there! Get out of there now! There's a package coming!" But he's too late. Yes, he's he's an hour early, whatever it is, mm-hmm. late, an hour late. And uh, it's a nice shot when he's booking on the on the motorcycle to get there, mm-hmm. or and or is it oh the other car? And you see. Wayne Towers on fire while the smoke yes. coming out of it. After nice, the bomb. Yep. Yeah, nice little shot. I like that. But long story short, Alfred's lying in bed. He's like all bleeding and black and pus and whatever. He's yeah. dying. And here you have the doctor we're doing everything he can, but it's not looking good, man. You Does you know what prays for the last rites? Mm-hmm. Now, this is not just Batman. This is like any fucking movie in the hospital. Yes. Give me his last rites. Those are pretty bad words to hear from a doctor. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, he's like, "Hey, oh, hey, what's up? I'm, 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 I'm good, doing pretty good. Let me tell you the story about your father." Yeah, that that bugged me a bit as well. Um, and what I also think would have um, lent a much more um, dramatic and emotional weight to the film overall, and obviously there'd be more films, would be if Alfred actually died, and um, and then you know, obviously um, Bruce Wayne um, was haunted by this, even more haunted by this as well, because you know he blamed himself type thing. And it would have been a big shock and a big surprise, and I think that would have worked brilliantly. You're not wrong if it's the second one, because if you do that in this one, his arc would be gone. Mm. Because the, the the Batman we get at the end of this is the Batman we want to mm-hmm. see in the next one. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but yeah, I thought that they were going to kill him. Yes. Um, and considering, I'm surprised he didn't die. To be fair. Yeah, it was a fucking <laughs> bomb. Like he, he like he was like right beside. It is a bit of a stretch of imagination, like, yeah. you know, if yeah. it was me or you, it would be fucking teary bread, as we say in Belfast, don't know if you get that. Did you? Uh, no, I have no clue. Yeah. So, <laughs> the scene where, he, I mentioned earlier when Batman is, con- is talking to the Riddler, mm-hmm. and the Riddler's telling him his evil plan, and this is, I, I peppered all this in for you to, yes. to have my big event. This, again, is mirror image, the conversation Brad Pitt has with Kevin Spacey in the back of the police car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in seven. Yes. Um, the only difference is Batman wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no heads getting cut off. <laughs> yeah. So he's flooding the city. We won't go into it for we don't really get a reason why. But even well, it was like to- the, the reason is basically he had he had this great sort of um, social media presence for, with all these sort of you know, um, malcontents, you know, these almost militia types. And basically the, his big sort of final sort of surprise was unleashing them, you know, all his follow, online followers to do the, you know, the final sort of hurrah, which was the bomb and, you know, the bombs about the city and then the flood. 
Yeah. Well, I don't. I think it's kind of outside the box for him, but mm-hmm. fair enough. But yeah, you get this cool fight scene where he's like. The great thing about the choreography, of this they mm-hmm. must have copied uh, Arkham Asylum, the game. I play all the Batman games. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about the games. Oh, uh, I was right into it because I remember yeah. in my moves with my left arm up, get the guy mm-hmm. off you in the right. You know, just yes, uh, uh, he did the exact same moves you do in the game, right. especially when you're tackling. And what a cool thing about the choreography, it wasn't like bad like your Highlander film. It was actually good. No, no, it felt very, <laughs> it felt, it felt grounded. And can I just say as well that Arkham Asylum is a reference to Lovecraft, and always was. Yeah, well, we're talking about the fight scene. Yes. My God, you Lovecraft. Lovecraft, <laughs> Lovecraft, who, Lynch, and X-Files. They're banned now. But the fight scenes, what is cool about it, they weren't like, you know you see a lot of movies are fighting, like 12 guys, but they come at them one at a time. <laughs> I, I know. They I know. just, you know, they pounce them. And it's pretty cool fight scenes. I do think he's taken one too many bullets at this point, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But... Uh, Why don't they I just do- shoot him in the head? That always pisses me off. Um, whenever it, well, not it frustrates me. You're just like saying to these, you know, these fucking make believe criminal criminals on the screen. Just shoot him in the fucking head. Know what well, I mean? Shoot yeah, him above w- the armor. You know? I would agree with you, but they were going to do that until mm-hmm. Catwoman shows up. Yes, and saves him. Remember, he's going to take the shotgun and blow his head off. Again, this is where the one of the official turnings of Bruce Wayne. So it was beautiful. This beautiful scene when he saves everybody from this electrical device that's gonna hit the water and yes. electrocute. He cuts it and takes a dive with it. He gets up and he lights this flare. Yes, and it's a beautiful shot. And he goes in. And he gets all these people out of this, you know, all this roughage yep. and stuff. And he he takes them out and he guides them with, with his hand. Yes, and and then we are above above shot of him guiding these people. Mm-hmm. Of mass outside with this red, with you know, with this flare. That scene is the culmination of his journey in this. Film. Yes, that's where you. He's officially, he's officially Batman, and it's a, and he's officially been accepted. Yes, one hundred percent. It's brilliantly done. Beautiful, beautifully done. It's mm-hmm. it's the icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, for a film that was it's very, a payoff. Very for the dark audience film. Yeah. yeah, it's very dark, but you gave us that ah moment to where okay now I want more. Because yeah. now we might be getting the Batman we want to see. And we also get the Joker at the tail end. Yeah, yeah, we meet the Joker. Uh, great laugh. Give him that. Yes. I think it would be really good. And I love the fact that he's an unknown. Un- yeah, and he's young. He's well, young. I think it's important to have a younger Joker because you have a younger Batman, obviously. So they'll yeah. play off well together. He's Irish, too. Yes, that's right. Him and Colin Farrell. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. They've worked together before. Mm-hmm. and And he was in the internals. Yes, I haven't seen the Eternals, but yeah, that's horrible. Don't yeah, hard shit. Yeah, um, but so she decides to go her way, mm-hmm. and Catwoman and Batman decides. So they drive together in motorcycles, and one goes the other way, and one goes the other. Yes, and there's a nice shot at the very, very end where it's just a close up of him on the motorcycle, and you see his face, obviously, mm-hmm. and he looks in the. You see him turning and looking in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. and from the rearview mirror, we can see her. Disappearing into the yes, and down the street, and then the minute she she disappears out of his life, technically mm-hmm. he revs it up and he goes full on gear back to the Batcave. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome right there. You knew time to do some good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, ni- uh, nice ending. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, th- I think overall, it's I. If we're given sort of ratings uh, for this film, I'd give it a nine out of ten. 
maybe a nine point five. Um, um, yeah, I, I think it, it it's exactly what I want from a Batman film. Uh, and I'm a Batman fan. I'm not a superhero fan generally, but I am. A, I've always been a sort of Batman fan um, since I was a kid. And um, this is to me is quite possibly the the best Batman film of them all. And uh, I think it's even better than The Dark Knight. Um, I don't know where I'm at yet. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just a one-off. We'll see what happens with the sequel. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But as a, as a one-off Batman film, uh, see, to be honest with you, my, my favourite Batman film has actually always been Batman Returns. Um, so it has, um, you know, with, um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken and stuff, Michael Keaton. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is, the, like, the Batman film I've always wanted. You know, the Beale ones, um, I think they look a bit dated, actually, now, believe it or not, even though they're only, like, ten years or so old. They're all right. You can't they're say pretty, dated. You can't they, say dated, they, they but, you like, but you like Batman Returns. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know, but, uh, well, I mean, it's obviously sort of dated, you know, special effects-wise and stuff like that. But it's still, I love the gothic feel of it, Batman Returns. But no, this this is the Batman film that I've always wanted as a sort of, I wouldn't be a super fan, I wouldn't be a massive fan, but a general fan of, if I had to pick a superhero that I liked the best, that I was the biggest fan of, it would be Batman. Um, and this is the Batman film that I've always wanted. Yes, hugely influenced by the likes of, you know, Fincher, The Crow, um, but all of this dark stuff that I like. So, yeah... I thought it was. I, I think it's excellent. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not going to compare it to any other Batman because I think all Batmans bring different yes. Batmans to the table. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's was brilliant. Enough, Christian yeah. Bale was brilliant. I am not mentioning Kilmer Clooney. Yes. Um, and and Ben Affleck's Batman. They're all they all bring something to the table. And still waiting because we haven't still even with Keaton's besides Jack Nicholson overdoing it a bit. Yes. We haven't gotten the old grounded James Bond kind of Batman yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we did with Bale. I take that back because you still had Morgan Freeman had the gadgets. He made Morgan the gadgets Freeman was, was basically Q. Yeah. yeah, so maybe we'll get that in, in this next one. I can't yeah. really judge it until we get the, you know something else out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good film, mm-hmm. um, but it's a Batman film at the end of the day. And the acting is just fucking classy yeah. throughout. And the mood, I love the mood and the atmosphere. Brilliant um, score. Um, as well, that that really really sets that mood. And I'm not just talking about you know, um, the the Nirvana song, which works brilliantly as well. Um, but you know, just um, yeah. But I mean, these days you sort of um, almost expect that from big studios. You know, it's but you know with Batman or whatever. But I'm sort of contradicting myself a bit um, by what I said earlier on about sort of factory filmmaking. But I suppose this is. A factory filmmaking done right, even though I'm in general terms against factory filmmaking, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they brought in a director who had an actual vision, you know. You can't say that, man. You can't sit there and say that that Whedon and the Russo brothers don't have vision when they do Marvel. That's yeah. stupid. No, well, I mean, nah, uh, come on. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in Marvel, right? I must admit that. But um, yes, what they course, pulled off takes vision. Well, well, maybe, well, maybe I'm just uh, maybe Reeves' vision was more suited to my. Fine, there tastes. you go. But you can't, you can't, you can't. That dis- type of aesthetic. Okay, you know? that's different. That's different. I, I yeah. agree with you on that. But mm-hmm. those Marvel films are brilliant. Um, 
I don't want people to understand I haven't, that. I must I admit, want... I, have, I haven't seen very many Marvel films. Oh, well, there you go. Everyone, I've seen a few. Everyone, if you want to hate Trevor on Facebook, <laughs> you can go ahead no, and do that. <laughs> uh, but what I... I mean, um, one that particular, particularly stands out for me in its naffness um, was the Captain Marvel. And I just thought... Oh, no, that was crap. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I thought that that was um, childish. If you're going to see a Marvel film, you pick the wrong one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't, I, I haven't seen these ones with Thanos and all, so I haven't. Yeah, uh, if you haven't watched, if you haven't followed, I've seen them all. Yeah, uh, Captain Marvel's the worst, uh, but I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's wrap this one up. We'll be getting back to Marvel. Uh, we just talked Spider Man. We'll be getting to Morbius, mm-hmm. and so we'll be jumping back into Marvel. And then you know, Trevor can hate on Marvel again, everybody. Not well. I've seen wow. Morbius, so wow. um, we'll leave wow. it to the Morbius podcast. Yes, but, we will. Yeah, Marvel hater. That's no, 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 I'm not a Marvel hater. I'm a hater of studio interference. And it's okay. You don't have to explain. Yeah, I'm just teasing. Just, I don't. Know. We don't. We don't have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know what's funny? I do think there's studio interference in this because um, there always is. I do think it's funny. I'll, over here in the UK, I know it didn't happen in the states, but what happened over here in the UK, guys, is people protested that this should be dropped in the ratings because they wanted their kids to see it. Yes. And I'll say this now, guys. It's a dark film, but it's not brutally violent. Of course not. It's so... It didn't deserve, like, this... Oh, this might be R. No, it, it's... For it's, fuck's sake, when I was fucking 11 years old, I was watching Hellraiser and Evil Dead. This is... Oh. <laughs> this is Barney the Dinosaur compared to that. No, I, well, I know, but... <laughs> yeah. Just saying. So, I know... I think it got PG-13 in the States. Over here, yes. it was higher than that. Let you guys know it was like a fifteen. They call it. I'd give it a twelve uh, at most. No, I wouldn't give it a twelve. The story's way too dark for that. I, think, I don't know. I'm... That's because you're a sick bastard who <laughs> likes twisted shit. And always, ha- and always have been since I was a kid. I don't but... like Marvel. I don't like. It's no vision. Where's the midgets? And where's the uh, <laughs> the, the masturbating goat on, <laughs> on, on the naked what, masturbating goat? What fucking film are you watching? Uh, you fucking lighthouse. Where the fuck are you watching? Oh, where's the David Lynch style? I mean, where's I the mermaid? Yeah. I met little people. I didn't yeah. mean. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Get that out. Well, I mean, twin, yeah, obviously Twin Peaks with the Dancing Dwarf. Yeah, that's you what know? I was talking about. I Backwards was talking Dancing Dwarf. Oh, give me a fucking break. So He's the but, arm. He's actually an arm. A, a, a physical manifestation of Mike the One-Armed Man's okay. um, missing arm. I'm not All even right. joking there. All right, so that's it, people. We're going to end now with that one. On that note. We appreciate you uh, take uh, your patience with why we get the Batman out. And after recording this, and I kind of think you're not going to – you wish you waited longer. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening. and Keep the downloads and uh, uh, streaming coming. Uh, you can follow us in Frame underscore podcast on Instagram and, of course, on Facebook. Give us a shout. Um, any likes and dislikes of the podcast, or if you want us to do something for you, certainly drop us a line. The new issue of Phantasm Goria, is this out now, or are we still no, waiting? It, it's going to be officially launched at um, ChillerCon at the end of May, um, but it'll, it'll be released to Amazon about a week before that, so say around the 19th of May. And it's a brand Lumley special. There you go, 19th of May, everybody. 19th of May. It's a busy month. You got ChillerCon and then Top Gun 2 Maverick. That's it. Maverick. Yeah. Got got the IMAX tickets already. Going to be excited. Excellent. Good stuff. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk soon.